This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Janice Dean. I'm David Asman. I'm Dana Perino, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. The president's poll numbers keep slipping, and Democrats are worried about what that means for upcoming midterms. Republicans think it means big wins for them, but the optimism is cautious, at least for some. Without acknowledging these concerns that are driving voters day in, day out, the Democrats are far off. But we have to make sure that we nominate candidates who can, who can articulate and carry a message into battle. I'm Eben Brown. Masks are coming off on trains, planes, and buses. But in Philadelphia, a bump up in the number of COVID cases is forcing bars and restaurants once again demand things of patrons. It's easier to uh, control vaccination cards than it is constantly telling people to wear masks. Because literally, somebody will walk in the door and you go, you got to put your mask on. Well, that's already defeated the purpose. And I'm Joe Concha. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. The polling isn't looking good, and it hasn't been looking good for a bit now. The president's approval numbers hover in the low 40s. But last week, a Quinnipiac poll found he had just 33 percent approval. A Fox News poll from late March found the president's approval rating dropped among several demographics, blacks, women, independents and especially Latinos. And Republicans are excited about this ahead of midterms. Here's the story they have to tell. Five dollar a gallon gasoline, runaway inflation at the supermarket, uh, critical race theory in the classroom, um, crime on the streets that is rampant in America. Cities, uh, a porous border. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie talked to Fox and Friends earlier this month. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell echoed some of that when speaking with Fox's Dana Perino a few days later. Biden ran as a moderate. If I'm the majority leader in the Senate and Kevin McCarthy's the Speaker of the House, we'll make sure Joe Biden is a moderate. But that Fox News poll from March also found voters only favor a Republican-controlled Congress by two points over Democrats. Not much of a margin. And at least some Democrats, like White House spokeswoman Jen Psaki, are trying to refocus the conversation. Republicans on Capitol Hill are more than happy to pass a nearly $2 trillion tax giveaway to the wealthy and big corporations uh, under the previous, they were, under the previous administration. But now, led by Senator Scott, Republicans want to raise taxes on the middle class. Senator McConnell has rejected a plan that raises taxes. But Saki also said in a recent interview that while inflation is a big concern, Republicans have no plans to address it, that there's nothing in the cupboard, she said. And earlier this year, President Biden himself asked at a news conference, what are Republicans for? But do the president's poll numbers really impact other Democrats' races? And if they do, by how much? The president's poll numbers certainly impact how things are going to be down ballot. Carly Cooperman is a Democratic pollster and the CEO of Shone Cooperman Research. Biden's poll numbers are really low. You know, it's everywhere. It's poll after poll. And it certainly is going to hurt the Democrats down through congressional races. And voters give, are giving poor ratings down to Democrats' handlings of key issues in addition to President Biden. And so 
voters are really dissatisfied with how things are going right now. And there's there's fatigue from the ongoing pandemic. Inflation's at an all time high. Voters are worried about crime and public safety, the Ukraine war and how it's going to impact Americans. And, and at the end of the day, you know, they hold the president accountable, as well as the Democrats in Congress who have a majority. And it's not good for Democrats at any level. And I don't think there's a way to say that it's going to be a positive outcome. But that being said, you know, you're not seeing Republicans put forth any kind of agenda or any kind of plan to take on any of these issues. Their strategy thus far, I mean, Mitch McConnell's even said so, the strategy is just to kind of let things continue and, you know, hope that it hurts Democrats. So, you know, at the local level for people running for office, it's still about just getting voters to turn out because at the end of the day, I don't think that people who voted for Biden are necessarily going to be going over and voting for the Republican side, especially at the down ballot level. It's just a matter of getting them to show up at the end of the day. Interesting. Um, the Quinnipiac poll that found a 33% approval rating for the president last week, mm-hmm. um, it specifically found only 21% approve of the president if they are between the ages of 18 and 34. What do you think is happening? And does it signal something worrying maybe even more broadly about how young people feel right now? Yeah, look, young people are very pessimistic. They have a great sense of fatigue and and just general skepticism towards the ability of government to get anything done. And this speaks to the voter enthusiasm gap. And that's something that I personally am most concerned about, because we see in a lot of different metrics, like the one that you pointed to in the Quinnipiac poll and some others that have come out where enthusiasm on the Republican side is greater right now towards the elections than on the Democratic side. Um, And seeing young voters feel, you know, have lower ratings definitely is another way of pointing to a lack of enthusiasm. Well, as we know, in six months in politics is actually quite a bit of time. A lot can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And some some Democrats say the answer, you know, kind of is to go hard or go home. Basically, I think that's what Senator Warren is essentially saying in that recent op ed where she said, you know, look, Democrats need to pass some legislation now, sort of akin to, I guess, build back better. Is that the answer or part of the answer? And and if it is, what aspect of build back better would you say specifically Democrats should maybe work on or, or look at in the next few months? Look, Warren was right in her op-ed to say that Democrats need to acknowledge the harsh economic realities that are facing people in the day-to-day lives. We have seen in a lot of polling that voters believe that the Democratic Party is out of touch. And without acknowledging these concerns that are driving voters day in, day out, the Democrats are far off. And so I think she was right to say that. I don't necessarily think all of her solutions are the right course. You know, things like raising taxes on billionaires or making corporations pay more. They're popular among progressives, but it's not going to hit home with the voters who are just upset about inflation. They're, you know, their cost of living is so high. They're worried about crime. And so it's not just a messaging problem. Like the Democrats do need to put forward some more policies and try to get things done. But we also know the reality of things right now. Is it's, it's very hard to get things done. This is why Biden's agenda has stalled so much. One more question for you. What do these poll numbers and any outcome in the midterm elections that is disappointing to Democrats, what would all of that mean for the progressive agenda 
in the in the Democratic Party, for the progressives in the Democratic Party? There certainly is a division in the Democratic Party between the progressive wing and the more moderate wing. And I think that extends to the approach in terms of what they think needs to be done. Um, you know, AOC has certainly gone out and, and blamed Manchin. And I think those in the more moderate wing have blamed the progressives. But I, I would argue, based on the polling data that we're seeing, that there is a belief that the Democratic Party has gone too far to the left. And I think that there is the period of time where the progressives were building, they were getting elected, people were hearing them. It's certainly a reaction to Trump when he was in office. But I think that what's happened now is there seems to be more of a course correction where it feels like they're out of touch, not that people you know, don't necessarily support climate change, but when, for instance, but when you're talking about these big ideas and it's out of step with just the day-to-day struggles of ordinary people, it's just, they have gone a bit too far. And I think we're going to see this fall that um, some of the progressives are going to struggle this, this fall of the election. But what about criticism from Democrats that Republicans have nothing else to offer, that it's not enough to just be the other guy? Well, when your party controls the White House and especially when your party controls the White House and Congress, that's what the alternative party's job is, is to be an alternative, to offer a different set of principles. Colin Reed is a Republican strategist and co-founder of South and Hill Strategies. It doesn't necessarily need to put out a clear policy prescription. It just needs to be an alternative from the status quo. And the White House doesn't like that because their guys and President Biden's approval rating is at 33 percent. The midterm elections are coming. And according to his own pollster, there's very little they can do to change the environment. And they're in line for a shellacking. So I get why the White House is eager to make the focus on Republicans. But if you're an everyday voter right now, you're really concerned about energy. You're really concerned about inflation. You're worried about what's happening at the border. Crime is running rampant through these cities. And the idea that the Republican Party needs to have a policy platform to be for at this point, it's premature for that. These are important discussions that should and will be had if and when Republicans regain the majority. But right now, they're the alternative party, not the governing party. What what is it about the Biden administration thus far that Republicans feel hits home with Americans most? You just referenced a few of them, but I would imagine it's maybe kitchen table wallet issues. I think even polling has indicated that, right, like inflation and and economic related. Is it that or is it something else? And what do you see in terms of what Republicans may focus in on? Well, there's a chorus of things that are not going right right now. And by the way, I take no joy in that because it. it it's, it, it, politically, it might be good for the American, for the Republican Party, but it's tough times for the American people right now. And I would say the big one that you hit on, Jess, is inflation. Uh, prior to this year, inflation was a term that anyone under the age of 40 only knew about in a textbook uh, as an economic principle. <laughs> It was not something that we talked about. Now, a lot of people are sitting around trying to figure out how to make ends meet for for basic uh, foods and goods. Uh, Gasoline is up 18 percent over the last year. Uh, Inflation itself, uh, everything, everything in our lives costs more money. And it's really tangible because it's it's month over month. And the Biden administration from the beginning, even if you don't expect them to solve the problem, they've just had a very they don't have a, a, a credibility to even speak about it, because if you remember last year, they were waving 
waving off the warning signs that folks like Larry Summers, who was President Obama's uh, Treasury Secretary, was saying over the summer it was going to be a quote unquote transitory issue. Uh, and then the war in Ukraine right. started, of course, didn't make things better. But I don't think the American people are buying that it's quote unquote push Putin's uh, uh, price hike. So uh, everything is more expensive right now. And that's something that just hits home uh, every each and every day. Colin, finally, what is the biggest risk for Republicans heading into midterms? We still have, you know, half a year to go. Um, I'm just wondering, in terms of risks, is it a Supreme Court ruling that upholds Mississippi's abortion law that could rally Democrats? Or is it Republicans themselves taking an issue, you know, too far that maybe backfires? You know, what, what would you caution Republicans for the next six months? You know, the biggest warning flag I see sitting here in April of 2022 about the next six months from a Republican point of view is candidate quality and the fact that we the Republicans need to run good campaigns. The Senate map is still really tough for Republicans and anyone who thinks otherwise is whistling past the graveyard. Yes, political environment matters. Political climate matters. The fact that Biden's approval ratings are in the low 30s. That's a huge anchor around the neck uh, of Democrats everywhere running for reelection. But we have to make sure that we nominate candidates who can who can articulate and carry a message into battle and, and not uh, fall into the traps that the Democrats like to set for them. Because in, especially in these Senate races, uh, the House House elections tend to sway by and large by the national electorate. But down ballot or up, I guess up the ballot in Senate races, that's where candidates really matter. Uh, candidates can separate themselves a bit from the pack and. It's not just a preordained uh, victory. So if there's anything right now, in, in addition to just an overall sense of um, spiking the football before the votes are cast, I would say for me, it's candidate quality and the strength of these campaigns as we see in really tough blue and purple states across this country. Colin Reed, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. This is Joe Concha with your Fox News commentary coming up. Airline passengers on Monday got a very welcome announcement from the flight deck while they were in the air. A federal judge in Florida ruled the CDC's mandating masks be worn on public transit was unconstitutional and that the TSA would no longer enforce it and that airlines would stop requiring it. Just one of the many videos taken on board flights posted to social media. They all end in applause. The ruling encompasses city buses and mass transit trains. Rideshare services Uber and Lyft followed suit. It might be nearly the last bit of American life where people were made to cover their faces. But one city is reinstating masks in some spots. Philadelphia officials are again enforcing a mask or vaccine rule for restaurants and bars, citing a spike in COVID cases. They had a taste of normalcy for a while, following more than a year of reduced customers and losses of profits. Some closed down. For those who muddled through, though, this revived rule 
is bringing heartache. It's like, yikes, here we go again. I mean, it's been that way for two years. Spoonie O'Neill is the owner and operator of O'Neill's Pub in Philly. It's your typical neighborhood haunt, and when lockdown rules allowed him to have guests inside again, he spent less time pouring drinks and more time asking people to keep masks on or show their vaccine IDs. Now the city is making him do that again. He's going along with it, but he doesn't like it. I think I've actually worked pretty much every day uh, since our closure just to keep our business alive. So, uh, you know, I haven't had a vacation. I haven't had days off. I've had to consistently uh, just grind it out and make sure that we make it to the other end. And some other businesses haven't been that fortunate. Um, So, yes, it was very disappointing to hear this. And I think the biggest thing is just the consistency of it. Um, you know, be consistent across the board. Don't, you know, don't make it look like you're just pinpointing particular businesses or, you know, whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, it just be consistent. And it's that's I'm not seeing it being that way. So, of course, you know, we're up in arms and we're suing, you know, I'm not particularly suing the city, but the city is being sued for the mask mandate. So, um, you know, it's killing businesses. Uh, I've just been fortunate enough You know, I have a great employees that work for me and I have a great uh, regular clientele. We've been open for 42 years. So we have a huge regular following and a regular clientele that has obviously helped us out over the last couple of years. And thank God for both the employees and those guys, because otherwise we wouldn't have made it through. But, you know, I think the I think the city is is looking at looking at our best interests. But as I'll say again, they need to be consistent. When when you say when the the pub had to close and you went to work, that's what you just told me a moment ago. Uh, what what do you mean you went to work? Did you what were you working as if, if the pub was closed? Well, we weren't closed. We were open following the rules. So March okay. of sixteenth of twenty twenty, we were told we cannot have inside dining, but we were allowed to do to go. We were allowed to you know we got creative. Uh, in continuing the business to keep thriving and for allowing me to continue having people employed here. Uh, so, you know, like, for instance, we had all this corned beef and cabbage cooked off for St. Patty's Day. And I was like, oh, what are we going to do with this? So we had to go in into another mode of like to go mode. And it's like, OK, you get two corned beef and cabbage dinners for twenty five dollars. You know, when people would call the bar and be like, I'm picking it up at one o'clock, I'm picking it up at two o'clock. So, you know. At the beginning, that's what we had to do. And as the rules got a little bit easier and we got more creative, we were able to continue working. So that's what I meant. The pub was still open. Uh, but so that's why I came to work and I'm meeting coming to work every day. So I, I hear you. So um, what was business like during those times? Obviously, a, a pub makes its money by having people, you know, belly up to the bar, buying those drinks. Uh, you know, obviously you sell food. Uh, but it's it's the alcohol, which is why people are coming, uh, not to mention for the atmosphere and and and, and the, the the camaraderie and the, the you know, to, to turn a phrase from a different city. You go where everyone knows your name. But uh, there there's a uh, there obviously was a, a, a drawback or a shrinking to to the way you do business because of those rules. So what really were those couple of years like financially? You, you have employees, you, you have a family that you have to support and. You know, obviously there there was a hit being taken. Oh, yeah, it, it hurt. And, you know, there was many, many, many sleepless nights uh, where we were thinking, well, are we going to make it? Are we not going to make it? You, that went on for a good over a year of being like, 
you know, are we going to have to shut down? Am I going to have to sell the place? Am I going to have to put people on unemployment? Are they not going to be able to take care of their families? You know, that hurt. It hurt for a long time. And it still hurt. We're, we're not anywhere near uh, getting back to where we were. I mean, we, we've been we've been hit for two years straight. It's going to take a long time for us to get back on our feet and to continue to put these things in place. We'll continue hurting until we can get back to, you know, doing business. But yeah, I mean, I lost sleep every night and uh, it, it, it hurt. You really, really had to think outside the box and try to figure out ways to keep the business alive, which thank God I'm a, gr- I'm a kind of a grinded out guy. And, you know, I don't, I don't take defeat. You know, I'm like, I'm like the, uh, the musicians on the Titanic. I'll go all the way down until the end. Uh, but you know, I just, you got to grind it out. Thank God, uh, I'm intelligent uh, or smart enough in, in those aspects to think, all right, what do we need to do outside the box to keep moving? And, and I did do that. There was a, there's a whole bunch of examples that we did, you know, that we were able to, you know, I went to some of my purveyors like Jameson and Sam Adams and said, Hey, you need to come and buy 50 lunches and run your credit card and I'll deliver them to a hospital. I'll deliver them to a police station. I'll deliver them to a fire station. I'll deliver them to a supermarket for all these people right. that were keeping, keeping everything going, you know, while this all was going on. So, you know, those, that's just one example of thinking outside the box of keeping revenue coming in and keeping your employees employed and, you know, so and the so rent paid, so. yeah, and all that. So yeah, exactly, um, yeah. So uh, the now there there are some new rules back in in effect, uh, or old rules back in effect because of a an increase in the in the case count of, of COVID nineteen uh, in in Philly. So what what have they required of you in in now in this short term now, or what we we, we expect to be a short term, but in the here and now. Okay, so in a, a month ago, they were, they said that we didn't have to do masks or vaccination cards anymore. Now we're back uh, as of Monday. They said we had to go back to masks. But the other thing, which was the other avenue, was we could also go back to uh, asking for vaccination cards. And then we don't have to wear masks. But all the employees need to be fully vaccinated. And anybody that comes in your establishment needs to be vaccinated. And then you don't have to you don't have to abide by the mass mandate. And that's currently what we're doing right now. Because I'll be honest with you, for the two years of consistently telling people to put masks on, it, it was uh, mentally exhausting. Uh, I, I felt like a, a bad cop every day. Like as soon as somebody got up, as soon as, as soon as we were allowed to have people in, but they had to wear masks or we had to have a, a plastic barrier up. It's, you know, as soon as the person walks, gets up and goes to the restroom, you're like, excuse me, you got to put your mask on. Excuse me, you got to put your mask on. Excuse me, you got to put your mask on. And it's just... It was mentally exhausting. So currently we're, we're back to vaccination cards so that um, my staff could feel a little bit easier. And uh, it's easier to uh, control vaccination cards than it is constantly telling people to wear masks. Because literally somebody will walk in the door and you go, you got to put your mask on. Well, that's already defeated the purpose, doesn't it? It's like somebody's already in your range. And if they have COVID, then they're going to spread it. How robust is the enforcement from the city? I mean, if if you were just to say, forget it, I'm not really going to ask people for their vaccination cards. I'm not going to tell people to put masks on. Will you get a visit from some city official, either police or code enforcement or someone that will take notes and, well, and you know, issue some yeah, kind the health, of citation? The health, the, health, the health department does deal with that. And yes, they made it perfectly clear that they're, the, the health department 
um, people that represent them, the health inspectors will be out checking. And, you know, you also have uh, people out there that rat you out and say, hey, they're not following the rules and they call in 311 or call the health department. So, yeah, it's easily accessible to be turned in and and follow the rules. And I, I find it uh, easier to follow the rules and, you know, then you're, you're not you're not being bothered by them. I've had many visits by the health department, you know, making sure I had a lady's uh, health department lady outside one day. She's like, oh, I'm just checking. You know, I've been here for half an hour. I'm just checking to make sure that your tables are six feet apart outside. And then she came in and sat inside for a half an hour and said, OK, you're all good. So, yeah, they're out there. They're out there. And, you know, so, you know, that's the one thing about, you know, I get a ton of people saying you should fight this. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. There's battles to be fought. And this is definitely not a battle to fight with the city because you're going to end up losing anyway. And, you know, then all of a sudden you're closed down. You're going to pay fines. You got to hire a lawyer. That all costs money. And, you know, <laughs> our bottom line is shrunk. And, you know, we're not making like we're used to right now. Everything's, you know, with the with the uh, with the inflation and, and supply chain shortages and all the other stuff you know you, you gotta pick and choose your battles and that's not the battle to unfortunately as i said not the battle to uh, fight at the moment so so do you think this latest round it will be very temporary or or are you having to think uh what if this lasts for months again or or a year again i mean is, what, what's your well, mindset I, you know, like as the owner yeah i i think well you know i always have my ear to the ground and i have a lot of inside people that contact me and say here you know or i'll say hey what's coming down the pike so, you know, the other thing which which was weird and a couple of things are weird is one is they announced that they're going to do the mass mandate and then they waited a week. I mean, that, that, it doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you implement it right away if, if cases are rising, as you're saying? So, you know, a lot of things that they do, some of it makes sense and some of it doesn't make sense. I'll give you, for instance, a Sixers game playoff game. They made everybody wear masks coming into the into the arena. But when you're looking at the game, not one, I'm not going to say not one person because there was definitely people wearing masks, but the majority of the people in the arena were not wearing masks during the game. Now, isn't that counterproductive? To me, it is. Uh, you know, let, as I said, let's be consistent, meaning being consistent, let's be consistent across the board. Spoonie O'Neill, proprietor of O'Neill's Pub in Philadelphia. Thank you so much for being with us on the Fox News Rundown. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Rate and review the Fox News Rundown on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Joe Concha. What's on your mind? Many of the current leaders of the Democratic Party have spent decades in office. Joe Biden will be 80 in a few months. Nancy Pelosi, she just turned 82. Senators Bernie Sanders and Dianne Feinstein are in their 80s, as are Congressman Steny Hoyer and Jim Clyburn. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, he's the young one. He's 71. Overall, the median age of Congress is 60. For context, the average median age of a U.S. citizen is just 39. The age age limit issue came back into the conversation after three U.S. senators told the San Francisco Chronicle on the condition of anonymity that Feinstein, at 88 years old, 
isn't all there anymore. She repeats herself. She's forgetful. She doesn't remotely have the command she once did. It's sad to hear, and it's familiar to any of us who have older relatives who are going through the same thing. We wish her well. The advanced age of our lawmakers is apparent to the American people. A recent YouGov poll shows that 58% of Americans want an age limit of 70 for elected officials. So let's say that somehow became law today. What percentage of senators would be eliminated from serving? Try 71% gone. Congress would need to approve such a measure, of course, meaning it's likely never going to happen. I'm Joe Concha. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. New from the Fox News Podcasts Network. My name is Kennedy, and welcome to my podcast, which will, I humbly say, single-handedly save the world. You're welcome. It's Kennedy Saves the World. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.